Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Danis. How's it going, Mike? How is your alternate Monday? It's fine, Dennis. It's just fine. Fine. <laughs> Whatever, man. Uh, this is the last time we're going to be recording in our New York office. I'm gonna move, we're moving offices to LA next, next week, so... Moving to Staten Island. Yep, we're mo- moving away. Um, that translates to that... Uh, so last week in, in this house, and moving over to the new house, and unfortunately, won't get into details, but this house is still going to be around in my control for a while, so the studio will still be here for a bit, but um, mm. it, I'm going to have to spend a lot of the weekend with the goal that next our next recording session next Monday will be from a new location in a room full of boxes. Um, nice. So I'll be in, in a corner with a, with a mic and... Uh, recording like they they did in the old in the old west for their podcasts. I think that's how they yeah. Did the what did I? What did I hear? Oh, that's too long to explain. There's a funny <laughs> thing about podcasting on an episode of the Omnibus, but I would have to explain the whole thing. Uh, for my part, I am still in Bedford, Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, which means I was close enough to drive up to Bloomington last night for game night right. in person. Uh, week and a half post Gen Con game night. Mm-hmm. Um, we played a game called Northgard. We played a shorter game before that, whose name I've forgotten, and also all the mechanics. So it's not worth mentioning. <laughs> I don't remember anything about it. It was totally her- terrible. Nope. Uh, I think uh, Trotsky had t- said something. It wasn't like Horizons or some kind of H titled word or something like that. But maybe I'm not wrong. But- I wasn't this there, it was something about a leader <laughs> um something there was dice maybe maybe meeples right it, I mean, who knows you know it was it was it was cards and it was quick uh and then we played Northgard, a game which is not quick um it's a game we played at gen con uh it's new this year mm-hmm. it is vaguely viking themed uh and has some elements of carcassonne some elements of settlers of Catan. And an overall, uh, as Trotsky's fond of saying, dudes on a map. Yeah. Uh, style game. It. it I, I saw this at at Gen Con. It, they had a nice big stand and lots of place for demos. One of those ones where I walked by, and everybody's playing demos throughout the con on the floor, right? And I I just happened to walk by this one, and honestly, it's it's not. It's it's a, it looks okay because it's dudes on a map type thing, but it doesn't look like eye catching when you walk by. So I think I just kind of stopped and cause it was, um, uh, you know, one of those things they did and then started listening to things and it looked really, it looked really cool and the mechanics looked fun. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's compelling. And then people started talking about North guard. Um, so it sounds like it was a success with you guys too. So that makes me excited to want to play it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I don't usually go for longer games. It's mm-hmm. kind of a mid length game depending on the player count. Um, it's not, it's not Twilight Imperium or Terra Mystica length, but it's longer than like a like a Dice Forge right. uh, kind of game. It's uh, both times that I played it, you were not there, and I Trotsky and I agreed. It's it's one hundred percent a a Michael game yeah. because it's kind of Viking themed, and it's in that kind of six to seven out of ten complexity level that mm-hmm. that you seem to right. really uh, jive with. Um, so. Uh, the way this game works is there are uh, tiles that are square mm-hmm. and they fit together like Carcassonne, but they're larger and they have 
lines on them that that divide a square into you know between one and four uh, uh, partitions yeah and then uh, those partitions make up territories right so the smallest possible territory is two tiles and you put guys you put your little guys in there and they're little plastic molded minis that are a guy with an axe and a shield they're like two poses but they're the same you know they're not different types of units the units are all the same um and the tiles have resources on them the game goes in uh cycles that are called years um as in everybody takes their turn throughout the year and then there's end of round end of year sort of maintenance events that happen mm -hmm. um you have cards Everybody starts with the same seven cards plus one, or the same six cards plus one uh, faction card. There are different factions. Uh, I think most of them are, are named after an animal, and those factions have different abilities or, or bonuses that sort of inform your, your strategy, your play style. Yeah. Um, for example, this last game we played last night, I was the Wolf Clan. Um, who get a resource, a food resource, called an apple, um, which leads to at least half a dozen times per game somebody asking, how do you like them apples? Of course. Um, I got one of those apples whenever I won a territory by combat. So even though I generally avoid combat in games like this where, it's, where there are other paths to victory, um, I did a lot more attacking combat because I wanted that bonus reward because in the winter phase which is the end of the round you have to spend apples and potentially wood which is the other resource to feed your troops otherwise bad things happen you right. get um bad cards in your deck and so it it has a sort of deck building mechanic um where at the end of each round when a player passes they get to pick a card from the market they don't have to pay for it, and everybody gets one. And so over the course of the game, your deck will go from seven cards to 14, if you make it all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. So for those two reasons, the fact that you don't really buy the cards, and the fact that your deck is only 14 cards right. at max, makes people bulk at the deck builder label. Sure. Because it has almost none of the uh, stereotypical deck builder cycling through decks and elements like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but the the game goes in rounds and you play one card each time so we start with four cards you know you have a deck and you draw four mm -hmm. um, and you play one and the next person plays one and so it goes around up to four rounds but then at any point you can pass and when you pass you take a card and the first person who passes gets the first player marker and they also get the you know their pick of the market cards right so mm -hmm. there's this sort of like not really push your luck but like if you stay in the round you can do more stuff but you're going to get stuck with the cards nobody else wants right you know the card there's one more card than a number of players so you always have at least two to pick from but um at least i think that's how that works um and then i don't think i said this but there are resources printed on the tiles that tell you whether you get apples or wood or there's a coin resource that's too complicated to explain now. Um, and you can build. There are um, outlines on the tiles where you can build buildings. There are two 
levels of building, small ones and large ones, you know, like settlements and cities or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and there are different types. The most common are just resource buildings. Um, you know, this one gives apples, this one gives wood, this one gives an extra unit when you do the recruit action, which puts more of your dudes on the map. Um, and then you fight with dice like normal, except what's different about this is that losing units don't automatically die or get killed off the map. There are faces on the dice that have skulls, and um, if either opponent rolls one of those, that means one of the opponent's units is going to die, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they won or lost the combat. Um, the combat is determined by this number of axes. That's your units, plus you can spend apples to like charge them up and get extra axes to your count, and then you roll axes on the dice. So you can still have the sort of overpowering where you have so many units that there's nothing they can roll to win that combat, but they might still roll the double skull where you'll win, but they're going to... Uh, they'll win the attack, but they're going to lose two of their guys. I see. But then the, the resources, the apples and wood that you have to spend to feed your troops at the end of the round in winter has like tiers. It's like an up, upkeep mechanic. So if you have all of your units, all the units in your supply are out on the map, it's going to cost you a fortune to in resources to feed them at every round. So you might be, this is what I was doing, I was kind of hoping like, I want to win this combat, but maybe one of my guys gets killed. So that takes me back down to the lower uh, tax bracket, as it were. <laughs> right. um, and then you either play seven rounds and win on victory points, which you get victory points for controlling. There are a, a myriad of ways, but the big one is controlling territories in the, in the end of the round. Yeah. Um, you get one point for small territories that is two tiles or two points for large territories which are three or larger uh, but they have to be enclosed so it's a little bit like the cities in in carcassonne okay got it um or if it if at the end of the round in the winter phase you control three enclosed territories with cities in them large buildings then you win oh okay. so it's this sort of like uh, you can play the whole game and win on points, or you can do the that baseball seventh inning thing where you you call the game for rain or whatever the the, the technical term for that is. Um, and we had a pretty exciting last uh, a game last night. Um, uh, Andrew, my brother, was was there, and he sort of sneakily took three territories, not knowing that he had to hold those until the end of the round. Mm. And Justin was doing sort of the same thing that nobody was noticing, or at least I was not noticing, because I'm bad at paying attention <laughs> during games when it's not my turn. Um, and so it looked like Andrew was going to win, but he did this like almost at the start of the round, and we're like, well, somebody's going to break up that monopoly. I did not realize that Justin had two already. So all Justin had to do was take one of Andrews, and then he would have three, which he he sort of did, but then Trotsky tried to take it back from him to keep Justin from winning, right? Because right? that Tr Trotsky 
doesn't ever want a game to end early unless he is winning. <laughs> That's uh, the goal. That's the goal. And so Andrew waited until Trotsky weakened Justin and then came back and took his territory back and ended up winning. And it was it came down to a die roll of like one of them had two guys and the other one had three. Right. And so like it could have it was close enough that it really was decided by the dice. Um and it was it was fun. So that's Northgard. Probably uh if you've seen any of the news from Gen Con, I think it's it's probably a popular uh new um new release. But uh we had fun with it. I I, I, w- I was there for, for my part, I was there and uh did not play, but because uh, I came in a little bit late. Um but yeah, we and, were about and, and I wasn't watching the game itself, arrived. I was doing other things and, and mm-hmm. talk hang out with Aaron. And then, uh, but near the end there, you know, I, I caught like that last bit of the round, the part you just kind of explained, still not knowing what mm-hmm. was going on per se. Um, <laughs> right. But you could see people standing up like this is the end and, and hear the collective talks about this is the one, this is the win, this is all the thing. Uh, and I enjoyed the, um, uh, the, the drama, as you might say, between your brother mm-hmm. Andrew, who, w- who was winning and, and clearly didn't know something there was something he didn't realize that he didn't know which you just explained and right you know andrew's not a like a real sore loser or anything but he was like a little distraught about it but at that point mm-hmm. up to that point people i had heard the consistent on the table that andrew was going to win and it, it was going to be hard to stop him but justin was the one to do it and then justin comes through and tends to be a little bit of a smug when he when he wins mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and like you know of course i win i was building up to win type thing and then mike does his <laughs> last ditch effort and everybody's you know looking around, but still it felt like what I, again, I don't know any of the mechanics, but everybody's voices and talks. It was like, it's a, a desperation type move. Right. And then sure. I remember the feeling was, Oh, that's game. And even people said, oh, that's the game. That's it. Justin won you know, game over. Like, Oh, right. And, and, uh, Justin was that had a moment of like little smugness with it there, you know, like, yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, my strategy one type thing. And then out of nowhere, Andrew stands up and says, but wait, <laughs> and then we all look over and then all of a sudden it was I think you and Trotsky and Justin realized that there was the game wasn't over, that there was whatever was happening, and there was like Andrew two had, or three Andrew steps had one more left. action right. that he could do. And that yeah. one thing was the one that mattered and wasn't just like a random, oh, this was a thing that he had actually planned on that or pivoted or something, but had right. sat in the yeah. corner and just let whatever was happening happen intentionally. And I really enjoyed that last bit of like, you know, oh, a two brute, you know, the little stab at the end there out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else had to concede that was like, oh, yeah, yeah that, it's that, a, that was the there, right. There's winner, a little bit you know? of, yeah, there's a little bit of social <laughs> awareness kind of stuff that I am usually aware of, but I'm not quite, I don't quite have the whatever personality to to really like exploit or or try to take advantage of andrew was frustrated because he revealed that he was holding three cities early in the round mm-hmm. and thinking that that immediately ended the game and then once he realized that he had to hold it at the end of the round not the beginning he was frustrated because he's like now i've drawn all this attention to myself like i could have just done this and hope nobody noticed right and then get toward the i mean surely justin would have noticed or something but it's it's that thing like in um in Catan where you don't necessarily want to get the longest road early 
right? Because that's a game with all that trading and stuff, right? Like the way your path to victory depends on some amount of cooperation or at least like civility between you and your opponents. Right. And if you come out as a clear like like points leader, you're going to have a hard time because people won't make favorable trades with you, right? Yeah. You, you know, you, you struggle. That's the whole like social uh, mechanic of that game. And so I think Andrew started to see a possibility depending on what Justin and Trotsky and, and I did to maybe surviving, maybe coming back depending on Justin's actions. And so he kept, he kept his sort of frustrated demeanor to to sort of like lull like draw them in a little bit to to some some cockiness some some sort of confidence like oh now he's 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 screwed up and he sees it and he's sort of annoyed and and whatever so that they would you know not go super super hard on him and and I could have I was in a weird place where I knew that he kind of wanted to leave um he has dogs in the house down here we're we're about 40 minutes from Trotsky's down here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if Andrew doesn't win, then the game's going to go on a whole nother round. And I'm like, I don't mind if he wins. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to fight him, to stop him. Um, which in, in a normal, any other situation I maybe would have until I saw how close Justin was to winning. Cause I, you know, I would have tried to stop Justin from winning if I could have, but the way the map was laid out, like I would have had to go go through Trotsky to attack Justin, and that's not you can't really do that in this game. The the movements are cards that you play, so if you don't have the cards for those movements, like you can't run across the board like you do in uh, in Risk. Yeah, but well, it, um, it, it was very entertaining and, and, from that that yeah. out, out person yeah. perspective of of the. And, and I, I talked to our buddy Trotsky just for some extent last night, just the idea of something I really, I can get joy out of is like the mechanics of a game. Um, mm-hmm. our, our, our conversation we'll, we'll go into it had a lot to do with like, you know, the purpose of why we game and things. And um, for, mm-hmm. for Mike, it's obviously social stuff and that's a lot for me, but I also get a lot of, some bit of social enjoyment in watching uh, a strategy play out, even if it's not mine. Mm. Like I, I enjoy playing sure. whatever game it might be, finding a path to victory and a way to do things in a, you know, a strategy type thing. And then uh, I really want to see that go out. And it's, it's my, one of my favorite things to do is w- play a strategy and then have it win. But even if I don't win, like having it be fulfilled and then saying like somebody, mm. somebody else came with a different one and won that way. I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. that's cool. That's that's neat. And I find all sorts of joy in that. You know, I, and our buddy Pete was something I'd always enjoy. He had some great strategies. And Zahn is known, his brother Zahn is known for the most oddball, craziest strategies. And that's that is just some kind of very entertaining thing to me is watching people do their do their thing in a certain way or go down a track or whatever and watch it yeah, work. Yeah, I've. You know? I've done that. I've done that in games where I I employ maybe a little bit of something what I would call a Zon strategy, where um, instead of getting very invested in winning or losing, because your odds of winning in a four player game are 
statistically 25% at best. Right. Um, I mean, unless you're much better strategic, strategically minded than, than your three opponents, which I am not. And so I sometimes will try to find uh, kind of like what you describe, a strategy you play out or, or for me, something I might call a meta victory. Yeah. Where I'm yeah, gonna, right, yeah. I'm gonna lose the game, but I'm gonna do something that's gonna like annoy somebody, or <laughs> just a little bit more and and, yeah. and not and like that sounds more spiteful, but like something that's gonna be entertaining to me, even if it happens to be at somebody else's expense. Yeah. Um, yeah sure. And you know, do the random kind of thing, or like you know, I'm just gonna buy all the cards that have female characters on them or something really <laughs> dumb like that right. just to like like find my own way to enjoy it that's not going to uh, uh put me in a bad mood if right. i lose well I, um, I with with that yeah. not not really knowing necessarily the strategies i just seeing what i heard and play out with the, the interactions between players i could feel like there was a strategy here there was a strategy there they played out in these certain ways some people had to pivot their strategies to change and then another one came out of the way and ultimately proved like a dagger exactly and like that's that was without knowing anything i really enjoyed that um and i think mm -hmm. that's that's super fun and and what was the, even cooler is it felt like everybody at the table was appreciative of that because when it was all done and over said with the, for this two two and a half hour game was you know even though they didn't win per se they had do, fun doing what they were doing and playing out right. that strategy i guess you'd say and, and like yeah. they were eager to do it again which was like that's cool that's that's a sign of a good game, in my opinion, is that it can you can have yeah. fun playing it, um, and not necessarily have to win, right? For sure. All the winning is For obviously sure. good. So, uh, cool. Yeah, I I I have not been able to play enough games. I'm sad. sad. I, I did get to read. I was unpacking some of my boxes and sat down in my room and took a little bit of a breather break, um, and I opened up one of my games I bought at, at uh, Gen Con that was just a super cheap buy. You know, it's one of those like, hey, it's ten bucks, and it's usually fifty bucks. Mm -hmm, um, and so I just read the instructions to it. it it's funny. It, it has like a six out of 10 or something on board game geek, which is basically an average thing. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, all the, the reviews for it were, I, I looked these up as before I'm going to buy them at the store. And, and I like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's dumb and streaky and, and the dice rolls this and that. And I was like, okay, I can get it. I'll probably, you know, for 10 bucks, I'll buy it and play it. It's Marvel themed. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, why not? Um, and then reading right. it, reading the instructions, which is only like four short pages, um, it's basically King of Tokyo Marvel. And I was like, because it's got hmm. the Yahtzee thing and uh, sure, match sure. up the things you want, and then it does the results. You know, I was like, wait, I think I've heard of this game. Is it called Dice Throne? <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's this one's called Champions or something like that. It's based. There was a there's an app game, a Marvel Champions app or something like that. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah. And uh, and this was supposedly based on that, which. I've played that game and this has nothing to do with that game except it uses art from the, from that, you know? Oh, okay. All right. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, it's, it, it was, I have not played it. I just read through the rules and I'm like, Oh, this, and it plays quick. It's like 20, 30 minutes. Right. And I thought, sure. Oh, th there, you know, I think people who are writing some of these reviews are, I get it. They're trying to say, this is a good game or this is a bad game or what to buy and what, what not to buy. But, some things are intentionally not supposed to be that complex. Uno is not supposed to have deep strategies to it, right? Sure. And um, King of Tokyo has some with expansions, but the base game itself is just mindless fun, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, you, you die 
because you get bashed. Someone got six punches in a row, two times in a row, then it's over, you know. Um, yeah. And and uh, that that's what this one feels like. So I, I'm going to look forward to playing that one. But that's that's the only that's the extent of my gameplay that I've played in the last week. So it makes me sad. Um, not really got to play any video games either, too, which makes me sad. Although, yeah, it was. Okay. It was amusing to me because you you messaged the group chat because you weren't planning on coming to Trotsky's. Right, yeah. And you said, are you guys going to still be playing games at 9? And it was like 8.30. Mm-hmm. And Trotsky was explaining, Trotsky or Justin was explaining the rules to um, Andrew and Joe who haven't played. And, um, and so I joked in the chat, I was like, by nine o'clock, we'll probably be just starting. We'll be on the first round. <laughs> yeah, right. And you got there at like ten after nine, and I think we were maybe halfway through the first round. <laughs> you, you, maybe. you were right. Yeah. I was like, that was a joke, but it ended up, uh, it ended up being accurate. working out that way. Well, I have I, I you. Oh, I, real quick, I was just gonna say there are I because I, I did sort of lie. I guess there is two new games that i've been playing two new games uh, quote-unquote games yeah they're they're uh you started <laughs> this with the question of um what games are are worth playing on ios and our buddy Trotsky, yeah i had a, a big neophile for every game was all over it he was all over it i had a very specific request because we talked at length um within the last couple months about diablo immortal right it was a whole big deal mm-hmm, blizzcon mm-hmm. all that stuff and i'm like i like this game but it is not it doesn't fit a very specific niche and I'm in Bedford. So I'm spending a little more time with my family and I have more opportunities where I want to pull out my phone, play a game for a couple minutes and put it away. Right. Um, you know, maybe we're hanging out. Maybe we're, um, we're all about to go out to dinner and we're waiting for one person to use the restroom or take a dog out or whatever. Um, and I'm like, I just want to kill like a minute or two. Right. And that's, that's not enough time to do anything in Diablo Immortal. And, um, you know, maybe too much time. Like I'm not going to just open up TikTok and, you know, it's a little bit of the, yeah, totally different kind of thing. The the TikTok would fill time for. And I have a game that's advertised on a lot of podcasts called Best Fiends. Uh, you've probably heard of it. It's, um, it's a, I don't know if there are more than two kinds of what, what, I, what we call match three games. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. th- there might be more than these, but the two that I think of are your typical swap two things. And then if you make sets of three or more, they collapse and mm-hmm, chain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Bejeweled model. Right. Remember? Uh, Bejeweled was the first one of these that I was aware of. I don't right. know if there were any prior. Um, and then there are the ones where you make chains, where the the cubes will, or the whatevers will fall, but they won't chain, you won't get chain reactions. Yeah. And instead, you draw a line through as many as you can connect uh, directly or diagonally. Mm-hmm. Orthogonally or diagonally. Oh, this is like, a, what's that, grindstone, right? grindstone exactly and um best fiends is the latter and it works uh like grindstone and it has the the thing that the marvel one has where you have the five different colors and so they have different things and when they charge up they'll drop a a cube that has a power it'll blast stuff in a line horizontally or vertically or it'll convert cubes and so you do like 
you set up the build for what you want, and there's all kinds of, you know, the game itself is fine, and it's fun, but it's a free-to-play game. So it constantly, between levels, will pop up like, here's our event. You got to catch as many rabbits as you can on the thing. And every six hours, you can spin the wheel for a reward. And it's just all the same currency the game normally has. And then they're like, oh, this is the thing. But if you spend two ninety nine, you can get a season pass. And it's just like one after another of these things before I can get to actually playing the game actually, and i'm just yeah. closing all of them or maybe i'll spin the wheel and once in a while they'll trick you into watching an ad for another <laughs> game so you can get a thing for free instead of paying and i'm like i i understand all of that stuff but all i want to do is open it up play a level and then close it yeah or maybe no, play no. another level like i don't want to have to close i don't want to click i don't want so much time between me opening the app and playing the game. Yep. And Grindstone was perfect for this because it's part of Apple Arcade. Yep. There was none of that stuff. Um, you might get a little cutscene or dialogue because there's a sort of narrative about your dude climbing the mountain and all that. But that was the only game that I played on Apple Arcade, and it's not worth uh, whatever $10 a month subscription mm-hmm. for that <laughs> and one you can game. It pretty quickly, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And so then I asked this question. And so. Trotsky recommended to us two games, um, Goodnight Story and not Fire Emblem, Hero Emblem, Emblem Hero Heroes. Emblem. Oh, he, he also recommended Hero. three. The other one was uh, Hero Quest as well. Oh, Hero Quest. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I tried that one. That, that one is the Star Realms. Oh, the card game. Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that was a different conversation. Hero Realms is... Uh, it's Star Realms, but fantasy instead of sci-fi. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a it's deck builder. It, it's a one-verse-one deck builder. I have physical copies of maybe both. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I do as well. I'm, I might have tried to sell Star Realms at the auction, but it was one of those things where it's all cards, and so I threw away the box and put oh, it in goodness. a white yeah. magic card box. Um, I think Hero Realms I maybe saved the box for because I played Hero Realms one night with Trotsky and I was like, I, for whatever reason, just like this much better mm-hmm. than than Star Realms. The, yes. the theme was more engaging. I agree. And um, it has like one different, they're like hero powers or Correct. something yes. that makes it just a little more thematic. Yeah, or your your not, person has like yeah, it, not necessarily or. more thematic, but more thematically uh, immersive. Immersive is much too strong a word for that, but like I could see like I'm this person, I'm the paladin, and they do a cool thing where the hero cards have two sides, so you can be male female version of that hero. They're right. the same, it's just different art. So I'm like, yeah, I'm this cool paladin, and I'm gonna fight you. Right. Which is just just enough more interesting than like, here's my base. It's red. I'm going to build the red bases. And if I get a lot of red powers, they'll chain together. It's exactly the same in Hero Realms, but the the theme of it makes it just a little more engaging. I, I 100% agree. I, I like like a lot. And, and you said it right on in that there's just the thing that it adds with the classes are just a little bit. It doesn't make you have to understand a whole bunch of stuff. It's just the, no. like every person has a, a skill 
and a um a skill and like a once per use game the, power that they use and the they're heroes, very slight and small but they but yeah they're, the, they're the hero though. decks the hero decks have cards right like they have different starter cards right and so that makes it a little more interesting too yeah the, oh yeah that's right they, they're starter cards just, but those starter cards are just like very minor right and and right. as you build your deck later on they're more almost more of a nuisance than they are just like all starter <laughs> cards are so so it, but sure. but it was just like you said it was just that amount of thing the difference that makes it a little bit better and this this um Mobile ios version. app, app implement, uh, uh, implementation is very very well done yeah, it's, a little bit. It, but, it's yeah. it's very well done. Um, it just uh, it's very streamlined with buttons. Like you know, it's just got instead of like clicking to attack each guy or whatever, just one button. This is attack all, and it kills mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. It when you put a card out, it automatically taps it, which then turns it aside and uses its ability instead of like placing it down, then to, then deciding when to use it or whatever. It's it right, does right. a lot of intelligent things that um, mm-hmm. if if there's a no brainer to do a thing, it does it for you. Um, yeah, which is really nice. So I, I've been playing the living credit out of that one um, <laughs> since I got it, just because it's just like you said for all those reasons. I like it was ten dollars. No, sorry, it's free, and you get two classes to play. I think it's the yep. wizard and the warrior or something. It's the wizard and the fighter. Yeah, and the fighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and then you don't get to play the campaign because it's there's like a solo campaign, and you can also level up right. your characters. Um, That's right. But so for ten dollars, it's one. It was it was one of those, you know. Hey, here here's a way to support people for doing a good thing. Sure, right. Right. That yeah. and, and it was great. So I definitely bought it. No ads, which is wonderful. And then the other thing I'm still playing, which is fit the exact thing you were talking about for it, was that fight, that hero emblem. That's a, such a simple, neat little JRPG match three game. That, mm-hmm. It's been it's been so nice because it's it definitely has goofy little dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. but it's so mindless to just play, you know, swipe, 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 swipe. And, but if you yeah, really want to really think about it, it's good. You know, that one is the, the former, the bejeweled model of matching the Marvel one is that way too. The only thing I don't like about that one is you have this lag or lag is the wrong word for it, but like I swap some tiles and then I have to wait. Like stuff happens, the chain reactions oh. go. <laughs> maybe the enemy attacks, I and I have to just right. sit there waiting. That's that's what killed me on that Marvel game. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, I forget what it's called, but it's that same thing. I'm like, oh, would you stop chain? Like, I almost don't want stuff to chain react because I'm like, I'm watching, I'm spotting more combos that I can do, but I have to wait for all these animations to play <laughs> out. Um, but that one's fun. It's like three dollars, and so there are no. Uh, no pay to win or or in app purchase nags or or pop ups like I was talking about with best fiends, um, and the other one, good night story, is more like that. It's it's not as bad. There are no like build your city or here are some events um, kind of thing, but it's that um, draw line. Yeah, yeah, that version like of match three that I right. that I kind of like better. I I, I do I do like that one. Um, I, that kind of thing. The I like them both, and and they they fit great for the exact same thing that you were talking about. Is how, um, and it's just wonderful to to play those because because they they fit that that niche of you need something quick, mindless that you can do. If someone talks to you, you can just look up and kind of hold it down and not even look, and you know, um, right. But 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 they've got they really have come a long way since the bejeweled and the 
and the grindstone things and the, and I because I haven't played them in so long. Getting a game like this, it's like, oh, they added this little like thing, and there's an actual story that's cute, and it's a thing that happens, mm-hmm. you know, like that's neat. Or you have items with your characters now, and and the you know, like that's that's fun. Um, I people who have been playing these probably every day for the last twenty years are like, of course, man, where have you been? <laughs> but uh, it, it, for me, it was it's been really nice, and I and I did, I did like I so I have been playing those. I guess was the thing, and those were. I told uh, Mike uh, Trotsky last night, it was like, what a great little surprise that I didn't expect. I didn't expect that I, I was missing those two mm. little type games. Um, so so right. it's nice not nice to have them now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. M- moving off that, that was a weird little so- aside there. But Did you ever play um, the Thing board game? Now, we have, we have some debate on this, remember? Last year mm-hmm. at Gen Con, I believe it was new, brand new at Gen Con, and like I played it at Gen Con. Encounter it Outpost Thirty One or something. No, like I actually that. played the thing. And oh, okay, yeah, okay. and and it was, but our buddy Trotsky, I think, owns it, or is it you that own it? Um, and you guys no, played it me. at yes. at Gen Con, right? And he it's insists that it's brand new. I'm like, but it's the exact game that I played um, right. before. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I, I told him I have to go look. I'm going to look at the artwork. So, yes, the answer to that is yes, I have played what I think is <laughs> is the thing. And everybody talks about it. And when you and Trotsky described it, it's exactly what I played. So Right. Yeah, there was some, as I understand it, there was some issue with the rights. Um, somebody lost the rights and somebody else did it. And then somebody else redid it. And I don't know what, what the whole thing is. But we played that at Gen Con. Um it was fine. <laughs> I, we did that thing. <laughs> I kept, yeah, I kept thinking of uh, what's the snow one called? Um, Dead of Winter. Oh yeah, okay. Which we played at Gen Con like five or six years ago, mm-hmm. and I disliked very much <laughs> um, because it felt like this kind of. And in retrospect, after watching the movie, the thing mm-hmm. I understood more. But we're playing Dead of Winter, and we're like, okay, we're going to do this, and we need fuel. We need fuel to keep the generator going, and it feels like this intense survival pandemic kind of game, not pandemic, the board game. Right. Um, This intense cooperative survival game. And then in the 11th hour, Trotsky turns out to be a traitor, and he wins, and we all lose. (laughs) And I'm like, that sucks that's great for you but yeah you know crappy for all the rest of us and so we sat down to play the thing and i was like okay i've seen the movie now i know what this is gonna be it's it's all about the social deduction right it's Uh bang or love letter or sure um or 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 uh secret hitler or werewolf any of those kind of things right uh thanks and what happened is that I was the thing. That, that, that's the what card. I was like. The, I, I, I always the, think that the these fade. are not your kind of games, and it would be worse if you were the traitor. <laughs> it kind of, I mean, you know, it, it, it reminded me of when we played Among Us, right? Among Us is heavily inspired by the thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we contrasted that with uh, that snow that oh, snowy yes i know we're talking about the project winter project winter 
Um, I'm, I'm surprised I can keep all these titles straight because <laughs> so many. I've talked about five different games now in this in this segment. Um, and part of what makes Among Us work is that the loop is so short, right? Like you go through and you screw something up, somebody gets knocked out the airlock, and then the game's over and you play again. Like a long Among Us game goes like 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Um, and we played that for a while back, you know, during lockdown and mm-hmm. stuff. And so, yeah, I I don't like being a traitor. Uh, I don't <laughs> care much for the genre in general because I'm bad at uh, bluffing and, and deception. I'm with you. I'm with um, you. Uh, you know, I try to be a pretty honest person, <laughs> you know, n- not not disparaging anybody who's good at those kind of things obviously there's a difference between a game and reality right uh real life but i was the thing and so i used my like sort of baseline understanding of social deduction and deception games to inform my philosophy or my strategy of my most important thing is staying hidden said thing again that's that's the thing. If you're you said if thing you're again. playing, yeah, I said thing. <laughs> if you're if you're playing a bang the dice game, and you are the renegade, people will kill you, right? People will shoot right. you because you're like you're not helping anybody. You're a wild card thing. Or if you're an outlaw, the sheriff and any deputies are all going to try to kill you. And so you want to stay hidden, right? You don't want people to find out yeah. you're an outlaw, right? Uh, the trouble with the thing is that I did that. I stayed hidden. Nobody suspected me until the game was almost over. And by then, there was nothing for me to do. I did a thing that... Uh, I said thing again. thing again. Um, <laughs> I did it's something that we... Old. <laughs> I did something that we don't normally do, and we potentially had a whole round left to play. And... It was down to Andrew or I were the only ones still with any suspicion because um, they had sort of exploited the mechanics to blood test everybody to confirm that they were human. Mm -hmm. And then they all stayed together in the same room. It was late enough that all they had to do was wait out the helicopter. Oh, I see. And so, so they knew they knew you know they had they had tested everybody or they'd tested up to like four people and then at the round before they tested trotsky there's a rule for you can only test you can only blood test the most suspicious people right which also (laughs) tells you something about how i played my strategy um andrew and i were lowest on the suspicion track until they had tested literally everyone else out of like eight players maybe seven um so i i played neutral i paid played passive and nobody suspected me at any point but i also lost because i didn't infect anybody else and by the time it got to one round left they're like okay well we know that there's at least one good blood test and andrew was ahead of me in suspicion and they also so they knew if they tested andrew and he was clean that i was the thing and so i'm like (laughs) Here, I'll just show you on the thing. Let's save a like half hour to 40 minutes final round of going through all these motions uh, uh, to prove that I, I that I did this poorly. But it also gave me a little bit of that like 
I lost this game, but I feel like if I could replay this exact scenario doing this game again, uh, I would have better strategy, right? Okay. Like, I would learn a lesson from that experience. Okay. Uh, but, of course, this is one of those games that takes a whole afternoon and sure. plays up to eight, so I may never get another opportunity <laughs> to play it. may never play that again, right? Yeah. Uh, I may never play it again. Uh, and so that lesson felt kind of hollow. I, I remember, and now, again, it has been a, over a year, um, and we only played it once, and I played it with mostly strangers. Um, mm-hmm. But... That's hard, too. I, I, you're right. It was actually a really fun time. It just happened to be that really, as Gen Con does, really inj- fun people to play with. You know, So sure. they were all very talkative and, and having a good time with it. So that was really great. Um, but if my memory serves me, which it usually doesn't, is uh, <laughs> I've played enough of these, uh, you know, secret Hitler uh, trader games to know that, you know, what to look at what's different between them. This one had where it's the, the thing needs to, the trader needs to actually reveal themselves earlier, like because mm-hmm. they get all sorts of extra abilities and they can be, you know, Unlike most trader games, you wait till the end and then like, ha ha, I stopped you. You know, you're, you're exactly, causing havoc exactly. secretly. That, the there things are two, like you wanted to because you get another yeah, buddy or something, you know. There were, there were two elements to being the thing. Uh, one of them is that you ha- if you're in a room with somebody, uh, you have a chance of infecting them. Okay. And them also becoming yes, the right. thing. Mm-hmm. And then once you're revealed... You have a whole new set of abilities. Uh, of course, I was never able to find out what those abilities were because I couldn't ask. Oh, right? that's right. Like, that's, that's rough. You got to know beforehand. <laughs> like, right. like I'm secret. I'm the only one. I guess I could have Googled it or something. But <laughs> um, sure. yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's that's rough. I I feel for you, man. That that is a a, a tough one to get over. Uh, but 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 I I do tend to like the trader games. They they can be very frustrating. Sure. From for the exact same reason you had said is that you uh, every it feels like a co op game, and you get lulled into the fact that it's a co op game, and you mm-hmm. forget that it's not a co op game because co op games are also difficult to win, and these trader games aren't easy to win. They they have nope. you know they're diff, they're difficult. They're made for everyone to have a difficult uh, time to win them anyway. So right. if you win and then, and then it's like that, oh, it makes traders worse. Like feel like a trader, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And stab in the back, which Respective. is what the games are supposed to be made with. So if you don't yeah. like that mechanic, I, you know, never play those games basically. But uh, mm-hmm. you, when I first played it with, um, it was a King Arthur based one that I can't think of right now, uh, the name of it. Um, but the first time I ever uh, played one, I thought it was the most interesting idea in the world because I, it's sure. such a neat thing to pit somebody one against everybody secretly um, and, and or, or be able to intentionally cause havoc. Right. Sure. Uh, and, and do, do the wrong thing. Cause you know, you ever play games with in a co-op games, you always get people like, well, this is the right way to do it. And this is the right way to do it. And this is what you're supposed mm-hmm, to do. And you can mm-hmm. many group of alpha player type stuff. Um, but it's right. nice to be able to, I always like the idea that, you can be like intentionally play dumb and then want to make the bad mistakes and want to show them like that. So mm-hmm. that was entertaining to me, but I also get why it's very frustrating too. Um, sure. So, so I think for me, 
they're ones that I think are fun to pull out only a couple every couple of years. You know, uh, sure. and then we, we Unless... recently played Battlestar and like that. And it's oh fine. yeah, it's yeah, fine. that that was fine. Um, fine. Yeah. Unless, as I said before, um, the game is simple and short, like a love letter oh, yeah, dice right. game, yeah. um, where you're like, okay, I screwed this up, but the whole game is going to take less than an hour. So I don't care. Uh, you know, we can play it again. The the problem with more involved games like The Thing or like Battlestar Galactica is the game mechanics are so complicated. Um, it takes all afternoon. And then, you know, you just don't get that, mm, uh, totally. that, that learning loop. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's sad that you can't play it the, the, man i really wish i could remember that one the, the one with the the king arthur based trader game um sword something or other it did not have um like the long play i think it was an hour or something like that so that's probably mm-hmm. what made it better but yeah I, I now that you're saying that a long trader game would probably make me very frustrated you know right. with, with the trader winning especially um yeah. so oh yeah but Cool, the, the thing. I, I do want to play it again because I liked the, the show, The Thing. And, and right. it probably, I remember it feeling fun knowing the little inside stuff. But uh, Okay, let's talk about some shows and some movies and some things. What do you think? we got a couple here sure. we can talk about. Uh, I think the two we want to hit on today are big ones. Season three of Orville, called New mm-hmm. Horizons, and season three of For All Mankind. Which one do you want to hit at first? Uh, let's talk about For All Mankind first. Okay. Are we going to go straight into spoilers on this one? Uh, yeah, probably, because if you're not watching this show, just the start of the season will be a spoiler, and if you haven't seen season three, uh, us talking about it will spoil that. So, (laughs) I'm going to hit the bell. We are going to talk about For All Mankind, uh, through season three. All, all available seasons. Uh, so if you're watching that or planning on watching it and haven't seen all of that stuff, skip ahead because we'll spoil it for you. Right. So what do you think? Um, I, from somewhere, somewhere in the first two seasons, from then on, um, I've found... Parts of this show that I really, I don't want to say care about, uh, that I really am invested in, mm, and a funny. lot of, and a lot of other parts that I am not. Okay. Uh, almost never invested in any Karen story, although she was decent in season three. <laughs> right, um, right, right when she gets decent. Right for the first two seasons, uh, very much not interested in her. She's she's introduced as this kind of. Uh, you know, stereotypical Karen character, ironically. Um, probably not ironically, but, um, you know, just a kind of wet blanket, shrewish kind of character and, and just not interesting. Well, well, another thing that's bad is that her, her whole thing was anti-Ed, basically. Everything that Ed was right. for, she was against in the the... the antithesis like the other side of it which ed's the yeah. the main character hero so 
course. Right. It just makes sense that you don't want to. Yeah, it's like um, it's like Betty Draper in in Mad Men, except for the most part, Ed is a much more admirable and redeemable character than Don Draper. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, and season, it's a, season I, I, one, he comes out and says it was his fault and all those kind of things, you know, when he could have yeah. pinned it on the rest of the stuff. He does a lot of like straight good things, even at his own expense type stuff. Yeah, like he, he, he definitely has flaws and oh, all that, sure, but he, sure. he generally is a, um, you know, a principled, uh, you know, closest thing the show has to a, to a hero um, all the way through. Yeah, I would agree. And, and it, even now bringing it up to season three, I think there, there's this, there's this uh, back feeling that everybody has in the back of their mind that like we've gone, these people were late twenties, maybe early thirties in 1969 Right. And and we're moved into the nineties now and they're every season jumps a decade. How long are we gonna go with this cast type thing? Which is hard because the cast is good. Like that's what makes this show good right. is the cast. Yeah. And and replacing mm-hmm. the cast is like saying we're just gonna replace Firefly cast. You know, yeah. you, that doesn't make any sense. Or going next generation and like, well, we're you know, every three years we're gonna replace Picard with somebody new. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you don't understand the ensemble and the things that's happening here. Um, but, uh, so this season but, had that going into it that, you know, they're, yeah, they're, this, they're this is a show sixties and yeah, this is a show. If you're still with us and haven't seen it, this is a show that does a lot of time jumping. Mm-hmm. The first season is the late sixties, uh, you know, when the moon landing historically happened and then, and then history changes, uh, season two took place in the eighties. Season three starts in like 92 and I think ends somewhere around 96. Uh, ballpark. I don't, I'm off the top of my head with those numbers, but right. it's definitely the 80s. I mean, it's definitely the 90s. There's Bill Clinton stuff. There's a lot of Radiohead music, um, all that stuff. And so, yeah, as you said, you've got characters who were at, the, at least their late 20s, right? Like old enough to be. Um, veteran pilots, astronauts, that kind of stuff, who are now, you know, 30 years later, nearly 30 years later, depending on the character. Well, no, depending on the exact years, but it's it's roughly 30 years. Right. And so you're like, "Ah, I'm supposed to believe that this character is almost 60, or in some cases over 60, and some some of the aging makeup and stuff is good, and some of it's not. It's 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 inconsistent depending on the actor. And I'm like, oh, this is this is distracting. But um, this is a show that is it is not hyper accurate when it isn't interesting. Maybe something yeah, like that. Explain I, that one. I'm not sure what you mean by that. I mean, we said this last week talking about the Expanse. Um, for all mankind, almost never—I shouldn't say almost never—very often ignores the rules of gravity, and then that sounds a weird way to say that sure. too. But like when the characters are on the moon, there's normal gravity; they're right. walking around, whatever. Um, and I'm like, isn't there? Isn't it like one eighth gravity? Like there should be something. Like right. it's not. 
it's not the ISS, it's not zero G, but it should still be a little different. Um, right. I, I and I get that I, that's that's more expensive, you know, production wise and all that stuff. And it's and it's not. And so they just they just sort of hand wave it away. Um, yeah. I, th- I think something and, about that is that like in a lot of the movies that are shows that, that are very detailed. And I'm glad you mentioned the expanse. Um, hmm. It's it's. How do I say this without making it sound like good? <laughs> um, I like that realism. It's some, I often will say it's the small things that makes makes a show or a movie or something. It's those small things that makes it believable or puts you into the thing without drawing you out. Um, and then there are times when um, it's a distraction. It's it's too it's too much. Of, you're feeling the gimmick the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or 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 and this is the case in a lot of this stuff, especially with TV shows. That's not the focus. And it's so much effort and work and distraction and stuff that you have to do that, to, that well, that, that's not the point. Like, it's not right. the point to deal with um, air hatch, you know, how sensitive air hatches are and um, suits, um, you know, how if you just touch a rock, it could, you know, put a hole in your suit. That's not the, the point suit, of yeah. For All Mankind, even though that is right. a very every single minute worry about anyone in space. In the vacuum, um, is, yeah. you know, you can't let water drop, come go across the way and hit the wall because it might get into equipment, you know, mm-hmm. but that is not interesting be- when that's not the point. Right. When the point is, right. is not to be realistic is the point is to not be what's it like to be in space in this thing. It's more like this is the drama of the changes of stuff and the space program and being at the center. That's the that's the por- the part that we want to see. And I actually. I actually really like that about For All Mankind. There's two things that I really mm-hmm. like it a lot about it is that um, it, it it I like the stories and the characters so much, as you said, invested, that I don't want to spend a long amount of time about how long it's going to actually take from them to drive from one base to the next base or the actual length of time it'll take to turn water and to, to science the crap out of it, to turn it into a thing. I don't want to deal with that. What I want to deal with is, you know, is Ed going to, you know, succeed with this thing? Or is, right. you know, are they going to get to Mars? That's what's, that's the interesting part. Um, you know, then all of the minutia of all the things. And this, the other side of this is if you skip those things and then your story is also lame, then it doubles down on that. Like, not only is it double lame, it looks like a CW thing where they don't even care or trying. Uh, This show has compelling characters and compelling stories and a lot of things that are going on that you don't need those, you know, those things. Um, So I like that. The other one was, um, it's, it's got the same kind of thing that, uh, that what's that Viking show? The last kingdom has where, where they don't, willy-nilly kill everybody you know just because mm. like it they can don't be wrong there's 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 times where in the middle of the season someone will pass away or will be taken or something well drastic will happen to them um but you know you watch we always go back to things like game of thrones where if someone's going out on a mission it's guaranteed someone's going to die if not more multiple people right and you don't right you, i don't always have that have to have anxiety and tension on every single thing that's happening with for all mankind, uh, because they're not going to kill, they're not going to kill off Ed mid show like they would on the sure. Walking dead. Right. Right. Um, 
they're they're you know some people will say oh then they have plot armor which is true mm -hmm. but occasionally they'll throw you the curveball and then either at the season ending like they did last season uh, or end this season um or in the mid of the middle of there they'll they will kill one person off for and they usually give them a good send-off like there's a reason they did it or they they were heroic sure. or or whatever so that's something for all mankind does really good and i really really enjoy like if someone's going to die or go away or whatever they're going to it's going to have a, a satisfactory they're going to end their story or they're not just going to randomly a zombie come up and kill them you know mm -hmm. um so those are two things that are, that helps me enjoy for all mankind um but it also makes it scary for the season endings because you know if the story i guess the point is, is if the story it serves the story for a thing to happen to a person maybe not even death but in the case of ed and karen get a divorce mm -hmm. um you know, you don't want it to happen, but if it serves the story, they will do it. Right. right. Um, and, and that's, I do appreciate that. So anyway, coming back to, to season three, what do you, I'll ask you a question about certain plot lines. You tell me what you think. We'll do rapid fire things. what do you think of, um, uh, I'm getting, now I'm patting my memory names. Uh, the NASA <laughs> director lady, Margot. Margo. What do you think her her season this storyline was? Uh, she's been dealing with the the Russian love interest she has. They really kind of mm -hmm. delved into it, mm -hmm. and then they she got caught by Alita, um, and then it ultimates with her waking up at the end of thing. What do you think of her story? How did you feel about that progression and her thing this season? Yeah, she's she's been one of the most like well written, well executed characters throughout the show. Yeah, um, you know, there's. Maybe it helps that there's very little relationship drama in her story. Um, but it almost feels like it's the biggest relationship drama. It kind, of, it kind of is. Right. Um, but it's you, so small. You, know? you get, I mean, the, I don't know how much plan they had from the beginning, but uh, Alita's family are some of the first characters you see, like crossing the border in the pilot. Yeah, right. And you're like, you're like I don't know what this is, but it's obviously going to be important. Right. Um, and so you get this payoff of the of the dramatic tension, the inner turmoil that that she deals with as she is doing this sort of investigation and trying to understand uh, why. And then we have this weird cliffhanger where she's she's Hopper in the beginning of season or the end of season three, Stranger Things. Oh yeah, um, in Russia. Yeah. How did you feel about Russia. the? How did you feel about her? Or how do you feel about? what they're doing with um it's not a will they won't they type thing with with her love interest but it's it's a like you finally he they resolve that he's back in america and then they pull the rug under you with serving her over how do you feel about that were you are you tired of that storyline are you uh feeling it's just one of the things they have to overcome how are you feeling about their relationship i think it's i think it's one of the more interesting romance stories um it's a little I mean, if I really think about it, it, it seems a little contrived, but I understand the motivations for everything that both of those characters have done all the way through, uh, more so than a lot of stuff that happened with Tracy Gordo or, or Ed and Karen. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't mind any of that. Okay, so I, I, the only bit odd there is that um, Alita, I think, has, is supposed to have a, a large... Um, part of her story i think margot's storyline um mm -hmm. but 
as we'll see is a running theme with me happening here. I don't believe that the actress is a good actress or, or a strong actress in this role mm. for Alita. Um, and mm. I think that that does not serve Margot's story well. Uh, but everything else besides the Alita um, is pretty, pretty good. Um, and matter of fact, when Alita um, is the one that discovers Margot, it just mm-hmm. makes me like infuriated at her even more. <laughs> um, but okay. So the next one would be, what do you think of? So let's go to the one that everybody loves the Danny, uh, Karen, Ed storyline, or, or let's just focus on, on Danny this season. So Danny's uh, not just like a, a, a bartender uh, son of, of Gordo and, and Tracy. And Tracy. Now yeah. he's like a full fledged, Main character, main antagonist? Question mark. How do you feel about Danny this season? Uh, mostly frustrated um, yeah. by that whole that whole story. Like I know you and a lot of our friends were very upset by his actions in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretty ambivalent about that because, as I said before, I don't really care about Karen. Right. Um, I, you know, obviously the real like. Uh, wounded party in that story is Ed, but Ed. That's, I, yeah, I still is like, okay, I'm I'm interested in what Ed does in reaction to this news, um, or you know, this situation just like with Shane, but um, not, you know, don't have any strong feelings about whatever Karen is doing at any time. Right. Um, I, I, I will say the Danny Karen thing in this season was just lame every time it came up. I will say. It, I'm I'm inclined to agree in that yeah. uh, in that estimation, um, and so yeah, he just does so many irritating, deplorable things. Um, I basically the moment that he stomps on that toy dog. No, oh, yeah, uh-huh. I, I I had I had a I had a I had a little bit of catharsis, right, yeah. Mike. I can kind of sympathize with the this other guy is being a little annoying mm-hmm. and why should everybody else have to just put up with that? Right. Um, but then like within the next or, or second scene after that is when Danny goes full like he's, you know, he's getting high again and he switches off the thing and causes that whole landslide thing. Right. And I'm like, okay, now I've completely flipped. I have no sympathy for this character. <laughs> He's a complete a-hole. Right. Um, and I just, like, all the interactions between him and Ed is supposed to, like, build up this dramatic tension, and I just, I just didn't care at almost right. any point. I, I will say with those two... Um, it's a weird dynamic with the actors and the writers. I think I can feel that the writers are intentionally trying to pit. It's almost like blatant multiple times pit. Um, Danny as the, the pseudo son for uh, what was his son that passed away? Uh, Shane. What? Shane. Shane for Shane. And that how, you know, even on the earlier seasons, Ed has this, like it's his son but still has this kind of aggressive quality to him with his son. You know, there's mm-hmm. the whole scene with the bike and such. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think it was meant in season one to portray how like fifties and sixties dads were, they were the, 
the stern, you whip him That's in true. shape yeah. type thing, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't, you you get out there and you do it again and you be a man is, is, is the thing. And that right. was very much a, a typical, what you would see is a model 50s and 60s man. I'm using air quotes here, right? Um, yeah. And, and that's what these astronauts were supposed to, to be idealist as. Um, right. So you, I think the writer's trying to do that with Ed and Danny because he he he's even said multiple times that he sees Danny as trying to, you know, he's trying to be Danny's father figure that is since his parents are gone, since Gordo is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then he gets, they, they, when I say when it comes with the actors part is that he, he overplays it. I feel I like that. How Ed, the actor that plays Ed and his, his, how he's playing this role. But when he gets mad at Danny, it's, it's crazy over the top. Like, yeah, you know, he yeah, screams and puts him down like he's a garbage. And Ed would not do that to anyone else, no matter how bad they screwed up on the on the, the team. Right. The team, the and, and it's and it just feels like it's done for effect and they've gone a little overboard. So I, I just didn't really like that. And, and I'm very unsympathetic to Danny. But every time uh, Ed lords over him and screams him and calls him worthless or something like that, I, I'm thinking like this. The one moment I'm like, OK, Ed, you're a dick. Or sorry for my right. language there, but beat me out. <laughs> um, and so th- that that's uh, I yeah that's that's my thing with Danny. Um, okay, so move next one. Uh, how about um, Helios? How do you feel about the Helios storyline this, this season? It's a whole uh, new it's a whole new facet that got added to Four Mankind. Yeah, it's not yeah, just it's... Russia versus America. Right, and, and, right. And, and now I'm there's the, I'm gonna add this on there for the question. Not only now is there Helios, there's Korea. Right. So that's that, right. That gets added at the end. So what do you feel about these? These Korea is very small, but it's a new element added to the show. How do you feel about that? So the the Korea twist was interesting and I felt kind of underutilized. Right. It comes in almost at the end. It's this big reveal that reminded me of of the Desmond cold open on Lost season two or three, whatever C- that was. Certainly it'll be a, a major part of the next season. Right. You think? Of course. Of course. Um, it's, it's a, you know, kind of cruel, dramatic irony that after like the whole drama of the first half of the season was about who's going to get there first, like this Korean guy has been there for a month before anybody got there. Right. Um, secretly, uh, the, the Helios private sector thing was interesting to me. It was kind of, I mean, you know, I know I've said this before when we were, I forget what movie this was. Um, I I didn't I would I forget how early Silicon Valley happened, mm-hmm. right? I think of it as like dot com boom mid to late nineties, okay. uh, when really that stuff started in the eighties, right? Yeah. Um, but it was interesting to me to have a Google esque kind of you know collective based corporation here in the early 90s i'm like okay well just like everything else um a lot of the social and technological advances in for all mankind are roughly a decade early sure and so i'm like okay that makes sense i don't feel like it was introduced very well because i did not understand until at least halfway through the season and maybe almost by the last episode or so like what uh, the Helios, um, them or their parent company, 
was. Like, yeah, you, sure. th- it's their whole, like, they're mining helium-3 from the moon and making clean oh, right. energy yeah, from right. it, yeah, which is creating dramatic tension for Ellen's story. Um, but, right, so I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, collective company, sure. I see how a collective company in the 2020s makes a video game, right? Sure. Right, sure. That's, that's fine. But, like, this is not making a video game. This is going to space. This is going to Mars. That is not, you know, a few million dollars to make a video game. That's billions of dollars in resources and research and fuel and all that stuff. I'm like, how does a company run this way as a collective? How do they have these resources? And then eventually you learn it's because of this clean energy thing that they're doing and i'm like but, but they, i don't know they, if I, you're right i don't i didn't get it either. i don't i don't think i, don't, I didn't hear that part yeah that so they were the inventors of helium maybe it maybe they did in the very first episode and we maybe it was it somewhere and, but, and i just missed it that this show can be information dense and the episodes yeah. are long so maybe i just missed all that I, i'm with um, you on that with there yeah it was it was fine but just like everything it's like there are a lot of stories going on and i can't decide which ones i'm supposed to focus which ones i'm supposed to care about (laughs) like there's so much and they're not all well told they're not all well executed i'm like you've got this whole sort of turnover between dev and uh and karen while all this much more urgent and you know plays into the the issues of realism uh stuff going on with kelly and danny and the moon base and the Korean guy, or the the Mars base, and all of that stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. In a lot of ways, the corporate takeover was a more interesting story <laughs> because sure. Sure. I'm like, this other stuff is so fantastical, and they're hand waving away so much of the tech, which is fine, except the dramatic tension all rests on the tech and and the risk of space. Where they're like, sure, strap her to the top of it. I'm sure she's going to be fine. They're not (laughs) going to go through all this stuff and have a pregnant girl die in space. Like, we know that the show is not going to do that. And so it's like, well, is maybe Ed going to die? Yeah, that's that's why they threw Ed there as the pilot. Then then Ed doesn't die either. And you're like, okay, sure, fine. Yeah. Right. Um, I I will say for my part, I I liked the, uh, the concept of Helios. Um, sure. throwing a yeah. third party in the mix, making Russia and, and the U S you know, knocking them off their pegs a little bit and making them focus a different way. Um, yeah. there's, there's also I that whole, that the whole, the whole, um, point or impetus to this show, I think is that, um, uh, you know, NASA is, or that the world is changed by the, the need to, to continue to push. Right. That we have mm-hmm. lost that, that once we made it to the moon and Russia stopped really caring about that thing, you know, we had superiority and never had to push the way we did. And we've now gone into this bureaucratic mess that we're in. Um, and so what if that didn't happen? Right. And then so we're mm-hmm. starting to get back into this, um, that that the show was settling into the Russia U.S. thing anymore. So Helios adds another way to pressure technology forward to pressure new things right. and the fact that they have helio uh, helium three um was a nice little ad but like you i wish that i would have known that that was their big thing that that they discovered it and they they actually that what they should have expanded upon is 
that they changed the world so much, right? right. Like, um, yes, they did spend some time with like the, the rioters and the protesters. And yes, that's why they had the Oklahoma city bombing thing at the end. Um, mm-hmm. it's because of, you know, helio, helium three, but they just didn't, I don't think that was as well executed as some, uh, I thought Dev was fine. The actor was good actor. He's a good mm-hmm. part. He was yeah. confusing because right. I didn't know if I was supposed to cheer for him or against him. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, just just underdeveloped. And I will say, speaking of the bombings and the protest kind of stuff, the what's his what's his name? Danny's brother. Oh, I don't uh, even know. I have no idea. That guy is, I, I can't ab- stand him so much. <laughs> absolutely least interesting story of all of the stories crammed into this. Like the 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 time, the screen time given to various stories, like I would have rather had more screen time given to the Helio story because I felt like there was interesting things to do there. Um, the Ellen story, I think, got an appropriate amount of screen time. A lot of the Mars stuff just got so much screen time um, without without ever really feeling like there were any stakes for sure. the named characters. Like, yeah, a lot of people die, but nobody we knew died except the one <sighs> Kelly's boyfriend, Russian guy, who also was like, kind of a new character which, um, which is funny I, I i didn't i i should say on our last point topic i also don't like the actor that played danny and so that putting that around yeah. i also don't and he's what we call the younger upcoming generation right. actors i don't like his brother at all and no. of all these people that are new i also don't like kelly the actress that plays kelly or the actress that plays yeah. danny or the actress that plays danny's brother um, they're, Kelly's they're the just, best of those three, but none of them are great. But none of them are great, right? Kelly, you're right. Kelly's the best of them, but the one that was actually the best of them was the Russian guy. He was fine. Mm-hmm. Like he was actually yeah. surprisingly of all the people you're supposed to hate, which is the Russians they make you go to hate for. Uh, he mm-hmm. was the one that was like okay, right? I I, I dig him, and he was the one that could bring things together. And then they kill him off randomly, which not randomly, I guess they did. Um, but. Uh, yeah, he, he they could have killed Danny off, and I would have been fine um, either way. Mm-hmm. And I do feel terrible, or I hate the fact that Danny's brother lived and Karen died right when Karen was getting interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, th- th- that that takes us to the to the like I said, all the old guard and the young guard. And I'm I am honestly hoping that they don't decide to just nix all the cast members and then move it on because, as much as I love for all mankind. You and I have discussed at length and many times in the past with different things. It's okay to tell a story and be done, right? We don't have right. to milk this franchise for 700 years in the future, right? It, it could be, but don't squander a good thing. Like, right, if, if uh, I wouldn't just keep the show going just for the sake of keeping the show going and if, if it's going to have, like, bad actors as the leads. Right. Right, just, just you know, wrap up the character's story Maybe finish what's being what you want to tell, um, and then go on. I don't know if if what they're trying to tell is just like what's the world like year to year or decade to decade. From I mean, they're forward, doing but. they're doing a decade per season, right? Yeah. So if they don't go past now, they've got two seasons left, maybe. Yeah. Um, they could do three, right? Where one of them is is the twenty twenties. Uh, that. Seems unlikely to me, but who knows? I, I like I like the idea or the concept that you know that the the finale of the show is you know Ed's funeral, 
you know, mm. and, and then you get to look back and see the lives and the things that have happened at NASA, that it's changed in the astronauts from 1969 with that moon landing all the way to, you know, where it is when he passed away. Right. Um, and, and maybe as an old man or, and then you have maybe some people who lived that are old, that are at his funeral, you know, some, I think that would be a nice way to end the show and it's okay to end the show. I'm not, I want it to go on forever, but it's just <laughs> not, it doesn't make sense. I, I'm already, yeah, yeah. Ed should not be 50, some late fifties or 60, early sixties in space being leading this mission. Right. Right. You know, he, right. He just, he just shouldn't. Um, yeah. so anyway, okay. The series, was there any other, uh, really cool or interesting parts? Um, we are kind of mentioned the, the terrorist thing, which was, I think we both agree, just completely not interesting in any way. Um, yeah. They played a little bit with conspiracy theorists with what might be the, the QAnon type thing. Um, like, oh, they didn't really, you know, Danny's Again, parents didn't like, really die. And I'm like, that, but what, potentially, just... potentially interesting story. Just, uh, I don't know if, I mean, part of that was me. I would be less interested in that kind of story anyway. But, uh, like, just squandered by a whole set of not very good actors or maybe bad writing possibly both yeah and, um, and, and everyone it wasn't just Danny's brother that was terrible like the girl that was involved with it the other guy that was involved they were all terrible yeah that's what I mean like yeah. not uh, and you know maybe those are good actors and, and got poor writing uh, to, or, to, or know, th these aren't the roles for them you know disparage anybody but yeah exactly yeah. well that, that 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 is that is unfortunate for for all mankind going forward with younger generations propelling forward if that's the way you think because that would be alita danny danny's brother um uh who kelly else? kelly um i guess those would be the ones the four main uh cast members pushing forward sure. um and and i honestly if those were if the other older characters were dead or gone or whatever i don't know if i i would i have no reason to watch any the rest of that oh hmm. um yeah so Oh, the last one. Last one in this one. By the way, it seems like we're doing a lot of disparaging remarks. We do like this show, right? <laughs> like we do. I, yeah. It it's uh boy, I don't want to say that it gets worse every season, but it gets less good every season. It kind of feels like. Well, I I think that's part of the like don't don't overstay your welcome. Like they're good and it's, it's still continuing to be good, but you're, Maybe. you're, there's not a whole lot of real compelling things as much anymore. Mar Mars. Sure. That was the, that was a goal type thing. So cool. Mm -hmm. But w where are they going to go forward next with this one is kind of interesting. If they, if they're just going to turn it to pivot to North Korea, that's not going to be as interesting. Right. Right. Um, but uh, the last one I'm going to say is uh, the, the other storyline is the Ellen storyline. So they start off the season with her being, president right off the bat they don't even mess with like her running for congress and her doing anything they just like elections. show us quick clips elections and they're like she's and that's president. and that's what this show does it does big yes. time jumps uh between the seasons and sometimes mid-season yeah they're not they're gonna do the minutiae of every little thing that could possibly they're sure there's whole shows based on her life right there but they just start off in episode one she's president uh yeah go right how did you feel about and there's a lot to have in there with larry um because they, you know, they're um, uh, they're both gay and mm -hmm. living living a lie of a life. I don't want to say a lie, right. but they are. They're they're actually lying and hiding it. Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, he, he 
he's not made for that. I mean, he he has a, a wants to have love and a, a relationship, so he still goes out and has has those relationships with people, and it causes mm-hmm. this kind of a terrible tor- turmoil. And then Ellen still or, uh, has the love for Pam, right? And mm-hmm. she finds out that yeah. that kind of thing. And then at the end of the big reveal of her actually coming out to save, um, I think it was a little bit of a push with Pam saying like, look, all these things you're going for. And then all you're doing is compromising, which makes it kind of made me the feel of like Congress in real life type thing. You know, you, you do all these right. things and then you get there and you, it's all just compromises, which you make anything. Um, so this was, it was for me, I will start off and say that I liked that it, it finally, she get, she came out and did it like whatever. They didn't really delve into the consequences of it too much yet. Right. That'll um, be next season. That'll be next season. But, but I'm, I'm glad that, they didn't continue to keep it going. I, I liked that that she defended her husband. I guess you know by by coming right. out. Um, yeah. And uh, so, how did you feel about uh, the Ellen this season? And, and her, it was pretty good. It was it was pretty good. I mean, you kind of know from season one when that is revealed that that that's what they're going to do with that character eventually, right? Yeah. You see the the social changes that they make to history with the, I just think they take her all the way to presidency to, to do the, it the, right? the passing of the era and stuff like that you're like this is eventually going to happen um it does feel a little rushed it right really like did. Yeah, I agree. like she she you know uh enacts or whatever it's called executive order don't ask don't tell and then oh, yeah, that, right yeah. and then sort of repeals it with this with this public coming out at the press conference and that's really like within a year i think because the the don't ask don't tell stuff happens after the astronaut on mars comes out right? which she, by the way i take it back i like him he's he's got yeah, he's got a good he's, he's, he's good he's good yeah. and so you're like oh so you know the u.s had don't act don't ask don't tell for like a couple months maybe and then yeah. And then now it's, I mean, you know, who knows what they're going to do next season. But, like, the character interactions between Ellen and Pam and Larry, all of that was really good. Um, the fact that she ran as a Republican was a clever sort of, like, here's a way that we, we can put her into power, but she still has to make these compromises. That's the the mm-hmm. eternal, like, um, struggle with representative democracy, right? Like, you have all this power, but you can't really... Um, it's not just re- representative democracy because, like, the, uh, yeah, yeah. the British monarchy is that way too. Like, the Queen has power, but she can't just execute power willy nilly, uh, you know, because she still sort of serves at the will of the people. Um, right. And that's how U.S. politics works too, right? Like, everything moves very slowly, and that's by design so that one bad president, like McKinley or something, can't mess up the country too badly Hmm. right like checks and balances right we all learned in high school middle school um when former presidents are still learning right (laughs) right and and you know the still like here's this thing what's she gonna do like what can she do what more can she do as long as she keeps this one thing secret and and which is the most important thing yeah as long as she doesn't do but if she does if she does this one big thing now that's her one thing like she's probably not going to get to do anything else because it's you know it's still the early 90s it's still you know uh you know we're we're kind of coming out of uh you know aids 
epidemic, but but still, you know, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gay panic, kind of. Oh yeah, uh, sure, yeah. Kind but of culture. The, the gay fear. To say, scares, to, yeah. to, you know, to say nothing of of strong, you know, religious right voting blocks and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for the most part, I thought that was all well executed. Um, I agree. I, 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 I gotta say like, you sort of knew that was going to happen. It kind of plays, um, you know, in, in the same vein of like, this happens this way instead of that way. Uh, uh, you know, like, as we said, sort of Oklahoma city bombing, uh, happens at, at JSC at, at Johnson space center in, in Houston instead of in Oklahoma city, which is, you know, they're not right. that far apart geographically speaking. Um, this, I think, is for all mankind's version of um, the Clinton Monica Lewinsky scandal, right? It's like, oh, yeah, that's here, what, definitely what it was. Here, yeah. Here's this thing, and I don't know how much they're going to go into it in the next season because it happens at the very end of this season, but mm-hmm. it's this kind of, here's this thing, and it makes a lot of people upset, but it's really kind of a personal thing. How much does it affect the president's? presidency their like job part of i mean clinton is complicated because it's it's this whole intern abuse of power right kind of thing but it's still you know perjury it's still you know this whole this whole sort of um um thing and i i thought that was interesting i i, I agree i also uh can't say enough about how good of an actress she is or how good of an mm-hmm. actor he is yeah. Um, I, they're just very compelling. Uh, they, they re- yeah, in I the agree. way they serve those roles, which when, you know, you look back at for all mankind, I can go down the numbers of, of the, the good, uh, actors throughout this, this series. Um, and they have been, those two have been very consistent from the very beginning and in, in playing interesting, good roles in what could be a very by the numbers storyline, right? They're gay right. during the sixties, gay during the, the the gay scare gay during the 80s uh hiding in the closet gay as a president like you know when are you going to come out when are you going to come out then it's going to buy the numbers coming out story it could be all very rote numbers but they have not done that with this they've they elevated it to president before they made it come out right mm-hmm. um yeah. so so that it's been just a re- and then they and then they kind of jumped it by having the astronaut come out first um, right which was f- fantastic uh, mm-hmm. so I, I do, I also agree. I, li- I, I like the storyline. Well, um, unfortunately there's, there's because of the setup of it, like, you know, that they have to address this at some point. Um, right. she, I think they, they got less airtime and rightfully so. I think because it's really one story they were telling there. Um, and she did that besides the don't tell, don't, uh, uh don't tell, uh, don't ask, don't tell storyline. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a whole lot more to say there, so therefore they didn't have as much screen time, which is fine. Which they didn't. Uh, they didn't need as much. Yeah, they didn't really need as much, but they could have though. Like Ellen as president course. could have had non, because a lot of her stuff just dealt around like her homosexuality. It it could have done so much more. Like sure, that's not all that makes Ellen up. She's an astronaut and, and is a great character in general. Of course, uh, yeah. I wish they could have done more with her being the president and, you know, making changes and pushing Mm. for or whatever, you know, filling the role of of president because the president has only been a guy on a TV 
or historical figures up to this point, right? Mm-hmm. Oh I, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they could have they could have done a lot more with her her being president, but um, it, it, I'm not poo pooing that, you know, because there's they do do a lot in this show this show. So um, yeah, th- th- thumbs up for that storyline as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that's I think that's good for for all mankind. So season three is over. We launch into season four in like six years. Who knows when it'll come back? <laughs> and um, it's got. Um, we have Ed alive, Karen dead, which is that that doesn't make me sad that there was no reconciliation there. Uh, mm. At least Ed and and um, what's his wife? I can't think of his name. It's not Ed. Uh, Gordo and Tracy. Gordo uh, and Tracy. Yeah. They 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 resolved there at the end that you know mm-hmm. the, the, one of my favorite scenes is the you know I love you Tracy and she's like I love you too Gordo and then they go out and heroically. Um, right. We're never going to have that for Karen and Ed, um, no. which is fine. You can't ever have everything perfect. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, her dying that way was a thing. And we've got Margot in Russia, um, Alita as um, head of JSC, I guess. Or she's in the director's chair, or not, maybe not the director, but of NASA, of yeah, Capcom and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly's gonna, Kelly has a baby, and that's all we know. We don't, we don't really have a, like other times, like they're going to Mars or race to the moon, you know. Right, uh, America getting back. I, I don't know where. I have no idea What's where next? they're going to go forward with this next season. What they will right. explore, except for because even Margot is there's no real story to tell there. She's just basically one hundred percent a traitor, whether it's by choice or not. She is. She can never mm-hmm. come back to America. You know, Korea. Maybe they're going to do Korea. That doesn't sound interesting. All right. I don't know. All right. Well, it's, we're running a little long here, so next time we'll do the Orville. Yeah, we got to finish that one up. New Horizons, yeah. how that ends. Yep, yep. Whole, whole different switch there. Cool, All man. All right. Um, we are pushing off our movie until next week because you haven't watched it yet, so we're going to talk about Harlem Nights next week. Correct. All right. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 259. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out. They have reviews and all the things. If you want to reach out to us with your thoughts on For All Mankind or any recent sci-fi series, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, we have show notes when relevant and uh, contact forms where you can reach out to us there. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us, and until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.